her journey to retirement was really, I think, so relatable because she faced one of the hardest things that I think every single woman comes up against at some point in their life and has to make a decision on. And it is because, you know, biologically, we are the continuers of the race. So this is so different than being a male athlete. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women, changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Rachel. We have a new recording thing and it gives us this countdown and I started counting us down and all I could think of was when I was on ultimate tag, they'd be like five, four, and they'd be like dodge tag. I was was just thinking of your episode on ultimate tag. I don't know why I was thinking of it. Oh, you know what I think it was? So like Rory's coming to like the age of tag at school and um, I noticed that like he's kind of a little bit on the nervous side and like he like gets very anxious and like doesn't like tag because it, it, it like gives him a lot of anxiety. And I was, all I could think about was like, at first I was like, that's so weird. What kind of kid doesn't like tag? And I was like, oh, I remember Kelsey saying that those people coming to tag her was the scariest thing like ever in your life. It was terrifying. (laughs) Who likes to be chased? I mean... I mean, some people find like a thrill of it, but um, I'm certainly not one of them. (laughs) Like, I definitely was having like weird flashbacks and just feeling like, yeah, that was a really scary time. That's cool though. That's cool. It was cool. I learned for you for being brave and doing that because that was like a really brave thing that you did. Like, not just the fact that you were getting chased by scary people, but like, but you know, flying out. to california like filming a show like that was a crazy thing good for you go go bravery it's all about trying some crazy things is what i feel i feel like it's all about dirty hair it's all about dirty we started we started warming up for this podcast i don't know if that's a thing but we started la 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 yeah like our (laughs) cameras on and then we were like does anyone in this room wash their hair and we answered resoundingly no yeah, it was a it was a hard no. Hard no. <laughs> I went into this day and I was like, you know, how to get to curl my hair. I think yours looks great though. For, from an outsider's perspective, I was like, she washed it today. Day five. Day five. I told you my dry shampoo is the best, but also it couldn't even save this because this is a this. I is, think it saved it. I've come in and been like, I crawled out of a sewer. <laughs> well, he, well, what I said for you is. Your excuse is so valid because you already had so many shoots this week, video, whatever. Like, 
if I woke up after that much time on camera, I would be like, you get what you get or you go right to hell. Or you go right to hell. You get what you get today. Like, however this facial region is going to look is how it's going to look because I'm done trying to impress on camera. I'm, uh, you, you've had enough this week. You've had enough. Good for you. It's true. Sometimes you just A, get sick of your own face. We've talked about this in a previous podcast. That 100% happens and it's okay. And there are just like, there's only so much in a, in a true honest, in being authentic, there's only so much you can kind of like get up for and be like, hello, I am awesome. I am on camera. Oh, I thought and you were going to say there's only so much dry shampoo. There's only so much dry shampoo in the world. <laughs> but there's only so much you can be like, I am waking up and being awesome. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were not a dry shampoo. No. I don't even use dry shampoo as much as I should. I don't even think of it. Because you know why? Because we're at the stage where I did not even brought, not even attempt to brush. I braid it at night. I wake up. I'm like, hello. <laughs> I'm going to put on clothes. That's all we have. That's all we have. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You know why? Because you can't do it all. Whatever. And why would you want to? Oh, wait. What a good segue. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. So... Kelsey's going to try to do this podcast without crying. I'm going to do the same. Yeah. But we are going to talk about the retirement of a literal legend in women's sports. Someone who has meant so much to Kelsey and I and has paved the way. Uh, this is not a good start. It's not crying. a good start. I oh was God. like, why I did I do this? Welling up and I was like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> What would Serena think if we were crying right now? She would be like, girls, get it together. Serena Williams is retiring from the sport of tennis. And this is so monumental, both in what she is leaving on the whole entire aspect of what it means to be a woman in your body image, what it means to be a woman in professional sports. And honestly, the way that she went out, it means so much about, it's so relatable about the kinds of struggles that we as women have every single day with prioritizing our goals and dreams and what it means to be a maternal figure in a family. And this just rang so true to me. Her Vogue article just came out and it was, I don't know, I, I just cried through the whole article, first of all. I know you did too. I did. <laughs> I did. And it just brought up so many things. And I was like, I want to talk to my friends about this. That's you guys. I want to talk to my best friends about this because I know that this is so unbelievably relatable, even though she's like superhuman. Not relatable. Like, you, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. Professional athlete. She is one of the, or the greatest women's tennis player of all time. Like she is an unbelievable standout athlete that has, is unmatched. And all of that is like not relatable, but her experience and her words in retirement, or she didn't really like to use retirement and her transformation um, is so unbelievably relatable. It's just all of us. It's all of the things that it just got me in the woman feels. And I just wanted to talk to my friends about it. And um, 
I also wanted to say, you know, to you, Kelsey, like we were both tennis players and we grew up in the Venus and Serena era. And what Serena, both of them really, but Serena specifically meant to me as a tennis player and as a woman just in sports was just... I can't really say in words, but I guess what really struck me about Serena was how unbelievably unapologetic she was to be incredibly competitive. And at that time, I had received so much backlash as a female athlete, but even more specifically as a tennis player, because tennis traditionally is such a reserved sport. Was that your experience as etiquette. well? Yeah, as tennis is all about etiquette. You know, it, it is definitely reserved and you do just like polite claps and you no know, one's allowed to like talk when, you know, someone's serving. In many other sports, you know, you are specifically encouraged as a crowd to talk and be rowdy and tennis is very much not like that. It's so, it's the queen sport. It's like literally, though I've never seen so many unsaid rules about a sport before than when I started playing tennis. And I remember specifically the fact that as a woman or as a girl growing up, there was a certain amount of resistance towards ultra competitiveness in sports. Um, you were just supposed to be there kind of for fun. And I found that specifically in tennis, that it was, you know, a, a polite game where you were supposed to hold your all your emotions in check. And it was supposed to be, it, I don't know, it kind of rung me as like a stay quiet kind of game. And I didn't fit into that mold at all. And I had a lot of trouble <laughs> in high school tennis. <laughs> I had a lot of trouble. And because I just did not fit, I wanted to win. And that wasn't, I yelled when I missed a shot. Like that wasn't acceptable until Serena. And I just wanted to say, you know, what she meant to me as an athlete of the, you know, being able to display raw emotions, being able to display the fact that I was there to win, that's what I was there for, and I was unapologetic about it, and just really, like, letting it all hang out and being who you really were on the tennis court. Yeah, I mean, not only, not only was she unapologetic about who she was as a person, as an athlete, but she really made, she really set an example that you could be the best and still have moments of frustration. You could be the best and still be dissatisfied with your performance. And then she went on to being a mother and then coming back from that, it just like, there are so many ways that Serena not only changed the game for tennis, but changed the game for female athletes. <laughs> and so it gets me the most because like she just, like so many girls could see her, you know, doing her thing and being super competitive and really 
inserting some emotion and anger and frustration into where women are told to not show those things. And she used them to her advantage. And like anger, right? She talks about it in a lot of her articles of being like, you know what? I would start playing my best but something would really piss me off. And I'm like, let's go. She fully admits that she was motivated by people telling her she couldn't, by being angry. And like just the admission of that as a female athlete was at the, like at the time when she was coming up, it was so, it was so outside the box. It was so, and not only her display of raw emotions and, uh, you know, her ability to just be raw, but like also like, let's talk about the fact that like being one of the first female black tennis players to gain recognition as a professional, to win 23 Grand Slam titles, to win three Olympic gold medals. She was the highest paid women's tennis player ever. And she was also really pivotal, in my opinion, in body image in girls coming up in sports as she was coming up in tennis because she was one of the first athletes that I can remember having an incredibly muscular body. And of course, all of the backlash that went along with that because it was, you know, that immediate resistance to a woman with muscles. And then she's going to dress like a freaking boss. She's going to wear these outrageously fashionable outfits that were just so outside the norms for tennis. And her having, I know that this, you know, is just her body type, but like her body type showing that to young girls as that's what a professional athlete can look like. It was so powerful. It was just so powerful. Well, it changed the game and it's not only just like existing in her body, but unapologetically existing in her body and making it cool. Like she could have gone a lot of different ways with having like thicker thighs and like muscular arms. She could have gone a lot of different ways. She could have wore longer skirts. She could have really like hid those features instead of accentuating them. And one of the things that we talk about all the time is that confidence. And like when you bring something in style, it's because you wear it on apologetically that's how things come into style like having a booty was never in style until someone said like I love my booty that's how things come in and that's how it's really gonna change with women instead of trying to morph into a body that will never be yours owning the one that you're in and making that your fashion like that making that be your statement just like owning it and being like i love the body that i'm in wild concept and knowing that like she could have looked at a ton of other female athletes female tennis players and been like i'll never be the number one tennis player in the world because i don't look like them for many reasons, but that wasn't the case. She said, I look like me. I have the body that I'm in and I'm going to be the number one tennis player in the world. That literally meant so much to me as a woman and as an athlete and her journey to retirement was really, I think so relatable because she faced one of the 
hardest things that I think every single woman comes up against at some point in their life and has to make a decision on. And it is because, you know, biologically, we are the continuers of the race. So this is so different than being a male athlete. And when that quote in the article where she was talking about, you know, her daughter, who her name's Olympia, I think, and she's like, I think she's five. She was sitting in the back of her car on the way to the airport and she was like playing like a, an, a game or an app on Serena's phone. And the app said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the little girl didn't think like Serena was listening and she whispered into the phone, I want to be a big sister. And Serena's 41. The decision to continue your own professional goals, the things that you dreamed of when you were a little girl, ha- I can't say this. Like, it's like having that be up against giving your daughter a sister. And Serena came from a family of a large amount of sisters. I think there was like five five of them. them. Yeah. And she knew how important that was for her. And it was something she really values as well. Like those two things going up against each other, that is something that, as she pointed out, a lot of professional male athletes do not have to come up against that choice. I mean, not only male athletes, though, like we don't realize how often that goes against or we have to make those choices in our everyday life. Like, what do you want to be? What do you want to see yourself as? What, what would you like to accomplish? You know, what what was your dreams to accomplish as a, a young girl? And how is that interrupted or how is that conflicting with being a mom and starting a family and putting that first. And it just kind of like, we know, and we've talked about in many podcasts before that like, you can't have two firsts and something has got to give. And, and the problem with, from a societal standpoint, the message to women is that you can have it all. You can be uh, the best athlete and then come back and be a mom. Look at these exceptions that they have done it. And really a lot of people will tell you it cannot be done. You cannot put your career first and your family first. You cannot be, you cannot be a working mother with, you can't work like you have no children and parent like you don't work. It's, you can't do these things. And it just, like we have this false idea that we can, and in some ways that will continue to be, you know, fed and we'll continue to um, tell ourselves that and tell each other that. And until we realize, until someone comes out and says like, in some, in any way, when I am focusing on one thing, another thing will falter. It has to. That's literally everything that we want to be is saying like, no, you can do it all. And because we don't want to admit this disruption, we don't want to admit this. This is this is my personal feelings is that we don't want to admit that there is going to be a disruption in your goals and in your life. If you also want to start a family, if you also want to be a mom. And for so many male athletes or, you know, male entrepreneurs or, you know, working men, this disruption is not even on their radar. 
They don't even have to consider it because they don't have to bear the responsibility and giving up, you know, their body and <laughs> for this period of time where like they ju they just don't have that same burden. And whether you you just you decide it's a burden or not, it it is. It could be a good one or it could be a bad one, but it is an additional burden. And you know, in a lot of ways, in the way that we have pumped, you know, women empowerment and like, we can do it all. We can do anything you can do. We can do better. We want to ignore the disruption for women who want to have a family. Well, it's, it is a little toxic to promote these things as it's all possible and kind of set a standard. And, I'm, and you know, I'm really glad that she said this because like she did do an amazing thing. She did come back after giving birth and went on to win a Grand Slam final. Like she had a in a, in a pulmonary embolism, she had a very difficult birth, and then she she was you know training while breastfeeding. I think she was breastfeeding when she won that Grand Slam. She had openly admitted had bouts of postpartum depression, like training as a professional athlete with all of this going on. So like she did do the thing, she did the impossible thing, but that isn't sustainable no matter who you are, because at some point, something's going to break there. And I think that her admitting that is, it's just so Serena. It's so, it just, it keep, she keeps pushing us forward to be a better and more honest version of ourselves, even when she's admitting that she can't do the thing anymore. That is still so inspiring because it's still that same message of like, you have to be your most truest and authentic self. And she said in the article, it was like a quote that really hit me. She said like, I'm going to miss that version of me, the girl who played tennis. And I think that a lot of women are missing a version of themselves, you know, that they had to give up to have the version that they have now. And it's okay, it's okay to miss it, but it's not okay to shame yourself for all the reasons why you couldn't have both. Because at, at some point, a choice had to be made. And for her, answering that little girl in the back with, you're gonna be a big sister, was what she chose. And there is no shame that goes along with that decision. Yeah, I really love how she talked too about like that this even writing this article is extremely painful for her that she couldn't talk about it with her husband that she had only talked about it with her therapist and that she couldn't come to saying the words out loud that she was no longer going to be a professional tennis player. She couldn't say it out loud and anytime someone brought it up she had this like lump in her throat and I just think that like to relating to a lot of women of when you know you're going to lose this version of yourself or you have lost this version of yourself and to think about it in a very real way to really look at it and say and stop like looking at oh one day I'll get she's like looking at it in a very real way like I'm not going to be a professional tennis player anymore I'm gonna make this decision and then it's gonna be behind me and I just think that like wow like the the recognition of that even as painful as it is 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 one that I think we could all learn from 
and looking and saying like, that is no longer going to be me. That is, that is a version of me that is behind me now. Sacrifices are hard. And I think that, you know, sometimes, sometimes uh, everybody goes back and I'm sure she's going to go back and, and think like, was this the right choice? You know what I mean? Like it's always going to be like that. But at the end of the day, just really sitting with the fact that all of the choices that you have made up until this point in your life have led you right here and you are right where you belong is such a powerful statement. And that doesn't mean that there's no room for improvement, but what it means is we're not looking back because we're not going that way. And at the end of the day, Serena's legacy is that of so many different things. But this final gift to women of saying, you know what, we can't do it all and I'm not going to try. I am going to say, I am making this decision with fully opened eyes and a fully opened heart and I'm leaving behind the Serena that I was is, you know, I think that it's something that a lot of women can really learn from and it can really help to prevent a life full of regrets. You know what, too? She had mentioned that some of her other female athletes and some women she's competed with over the years and like what their retirement looked like and the feelings that they felt around it, which were relief. And, you know, they, they've, they generally just felt a sense of <sighs> exhale. And she said, I didn't feel that way. And I think that what happens a lot of time when we look at other people who have been in a similar experience to us and they they present their experience which could be in general feeling the same of like relief you'll feel it one time and you're like i just don't feel that way and really sitting with yourself and not letting the influence of what you think you should feel like when you hit some milestone in your life what other people have felt and how that influences you it doesn't and like i know that this has happened to me many times in my life where you know I've had people say when you hit 30 you'll feel this way when you hit this you'll feel this way you'll be ready you'll know it and it's like I don't feel that way and when I hear Serena say something similar if it, it it gives me hope because it almost just validates that my experience is not yours and I feel differently about that. And it's how I feel. <laughs> I don't feel relief when this thing happens. I don't feel like, oh, all of a sudden I want to start a family. I don't feel this way. And that's okay too. Because I don't have to have the exact same experience as you do. It's a powerful tool and a scary one to feel that we are just writing our own story and that it's unique and that we are holding the pen and that there's going to be mistakes and that there's going to be triumphs and there's going to be all of these things. But like, it really is, it's just a realization that this life and these experiences are completely our own and completely unique. And that ownership is really powerful. And I just want to end with Serena has been such a powerful force for all of the women athletes over the years and women who have been in you know in sports and and have had goals of being larger than life 
because that's really how she rang to me anyways, is just being unapologetic about being larger than life. And at the end of the day, she says like, she's not, she doesn't even know how she's going to be able to look at this article because knowing that this is it, the end, she says the end of a story that started in Compton, California with a little black girl who just wanted to play tennis. And I just think we can all look back to some of the dreams and goals that we had and some of the things that we've had to give up to be where we're at and just reflect on the extreme amount of selflessness that it takes to perpetuate a race <laughs> and how different that is from the, like i just i i have this argument with men all the time <laughs> because like the experience of female athletes is so uniquely different than anything that they will ever experience in their lives like it is not even comparable. Like she mentions in the article, but she says like, believe me, I never wanted to choose between tennis and family. I didn't, I don't think it's fair. If I were a guy, I wouldn't be writing this because I'd be out playing and winning while my wife was doing the physical labor of expanding our family. Maybe I'd be more of a Tom Brady if I had that opportunity. And it's just like the spirit is in there and it's just like the male counterparts, they don't get it. They're never going to get it. And it's, and it's, fine but like let's not pretend that this is the same let's not pretend like your injury is the same as creating a life like because women have injuries too like let's not pretend like this isn't a major disruption to your career to your dreams to your goals in the gym to your athletic performance to whatever it is that you have set in your life that you would like to do for you Let's not pretend like this isn't a major disruption to that. <laughs> it's a beautiful burden. And it's one that each person needs to decide on their own. And it comes in so many different forms of the many different roads that we can choose to go down as a woman. But sometimes knowing that they do butt heads and that all of this cannot happen at once is a bit of a relief isn't it a bit of a relief though <laughs> and especially to see someone at the top tippity top of an athletic pinnacle of a career that she's a go i mean yeah. she's a go what do you want what more do you want from anyone and even she is saying it can't all be done and i just think it's a relief it's a sigh it, we can all sigh and we can all just kind of admit that we are just doing our damn best and that's just going to be good enough and if that means that some things are going to suffer in a different season we're changing seasons and the thing that I think you can own the most is just the season that you're in recognizing the season that you're in and not wishing it was something else recognizing the season that you're in and not beating yourself up over not having the season that you're not in it's hard but I think it's a goal worth having. I think it's a goal worth having. And as women in the fitness industry, as women athletes, as young girls, Serena, thank you for all that you've done for women in sports. Enjoy your new journey as a mother in motherhood. And all of the women out there who have faced similar choices, 
you did the damn thing and you be proud every single second of who you are because it's tough out there but you did it. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.